What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of Fairway to Heaven, only on the All About the Birds Network. I am Phil Stifle, as always, joined by my partner, Jason Sullivan. we got a huge special guest this week here, the coach, Jonathan Coachman. You know him from PGA Tour Live, CBS Sports, The Early Edge, The Coach's Picks. I mean, the list of things that this man does, it's insane. He's one of the hardest working men in the business. So we appreciate you carving out a few minutes of your time to to join this show here with us. I tell people all the time, first of all, we can only go downhill after the amazing edited open that you guys have for the show. <laughs> that, was, that was really, really cool, actually. It kind of took me down memory lane. But I tell people all the time, because people ask me to come on the shows literally probably five times a day. And I said, listen, it's not about how big your show is. It's not about how small your show is. It's about what your show is. And you guys are positive. You love golf. You love sports. And... That's what I love. So when I got uh, your message, I was like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm happy to be here. I'm honored to be on your show. We, we appreciate that. That's the one thing, the whole All About the Birds Network, myself and a couple of our guys, we started this about a year ago. We preach positivity and we preach, you know, everybody's opinion matters. We're not That's one of those, right. you know, hot take networks or anything like oh. that. We just, oh. try to, we just try to have fun. We're just four guys and Jason, the fifth guy now with the golf show, you know, just guys just having fun, talking sports, and listening to everybody's opinion. Everybody's you know, opinion counts. When I had to pivot last year, because I was, I probably had five or six different gigs a year ago, I was set to have my biggest year of my career. And it all just stopped because of COVID. So around July, I had to like pivot and say, what space do I want to be in? Do I want to beg a network to rehire me so I have to move somewhere else? And then that's when I got into sports betting and, I, and, and now really heavy into golf, as you guys know. But I also said we have a chance to really make a positive difference on a space that is notoriously negative. And I could not believe how negative sports bettors, golf bettors, and all these people were and also feeling isolated and feeling alone. And so me and my team and my crew, we said we're going we're gonna to dive uh, headfirst into this space and we're going to make it so people feel like they either win together, lose together, 
but do it together. And it's really, I think, hit home for a lot of people, and they're really starting to enjoy what we do and doing it uh, together. I mean, you know what, dude? I think that's I think that's a great point. I think Twitter in general right now, Twitter, all social media in general right now, it's so negative. It's just like, can't we just watch sports, bet on sports, and kind of support each other and be positive? That's what I I like about this show and and these guys in particular. Just it's fun. It's just some like you said, somebody's just kicking back and talking about sports, which is the best thing in life. Jason, I grew up in a small town in Kansas, like fifteen thousand people, and people look at the jobs that I've had and they go, "Oh, this guy must," you know. He was on national TV when he was 23 years old. I don't care about that. I care about the fact that in my entire life, I love sports. And I don't care where you come from. I don't care where you come from, Phil. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your background is. If you love sports, we're going to have something in common. And so Mm -hmm. when I do more and more shows and I meet more and more people, uh, it's, it's evident to me that we need leadership in this space because now more than ever, there is not much of a separation between people that do it professionally like myself or people that are just fans. And so I don't like for, for those that are colleagues of mine to act like they're better than people who aren't doing it professionally. It drives me bananas. And that's one thing I'll never do, ever. No, that's, I, mean, you know, I, I mean, I've been following you for a long time, your career for a long time. But once you got into the golf bay, and that's actually before we started this network, yeah. I would break it all down really well and, and, and really, and really good. And I, I mean, we're going to get start. We're going to get into golf in a second, but as I was researching and getting ready for this show, you know, I was making sure I had all your things down to, to, to promote and stuff. And I yeah. saw, I found, I'm not big on Instagram and I found your Instagram page yeah. and the video you got pinned to the top from right after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, that positive message, I knew exactly. I didn't have to do any more work, you know, prepping for the show, that yeah. message you had in that video. And if anybody's watching, um, follows him on Instagram at the coach rules. I mean, it's pinned to the top. I mean, it was such a great positive message. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to run through a wall for you now. Well, they, thank you. And it, that was such a uh, kind of emotional time for me because at my core, I'm a sports fan and I've just been blessed to be able to do this at a high level for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, but I, I love the chiefs and I love the Royals and, and I bleed red and uh, red, white and blue. And when we lost that game, so many people were coming at me. Like I had just played it. Because I'm a fan, right? And I was like, listen, listen, I can root and hurt just like everybody else, but I had to host a watch party during the Super Bowl. Do you guys know how hard that is to host a watch party for CBS? And this was how popular sports betting has become. We were only going to do a pre-show. So I actually did PGA Tour Live all day that day at the Waste Management Open. Then I rushed back to my hotel room, and I did the last hour of the pre-show for the Super Bowl on a gambling feed where we talked about all the props and all the bets and all those things. And then the bosses called me real quick as we were doing the show. So I get a message on my phone, and they said, Coach, there's over 30,000 people watching right now. Can you stay on for the game? And I was like, I guess, but who's going to watch us talk about gambling during the Super Bowl while it's on? The audience never went away. And it was crazy, oh. and it was, so, it was such a big moment for me that, A, yes, sports betting is a big thing, but people want to be involved. They were listening to what we had to say, and I thought that was kind of a big deal, that they were trusting us to talk about the props, to talk about the betting. And that's what kind of prompted that video that I posted and, okay. and pinned is that if you're going to do this and you're really going to do it right, you got to educate yourself, but you also have to follow. Because I follow people that I respect in the business. And you have to follow people that you trust that are not going to be shady towards you. And also, you can't blame them when you lose a bet because right. it's not their fault. You might, you might <laughs> exactly. follow them. But they didn't make you pull the trigger on pulling that bet off. So own it, 
but do it as a part of something. And that's all, that's all we try to do. And I think the more and more we do it, and most people, there's a lot of new bettors too, guys. There's a lot of yeah. people that have never bet before. And now that they can do it and they're trying it out, and I tell them all the time that trust certain people, but also understand money management, uh, all the things that we absolutely. preach, and don't blame other people. Embrace absolutely. it yourself and own it yourself. I'm, I'm, yeah, absolutely. Well, then talking about betting and everything that we do, this is a gambling and fantasy show anyway. We always start by recapping last week's event. You had the Dell you know, match play yeah. event. You know, what were your thoughts on the event? Did it, you know – was your bracket as bad as my March Madness bracket was, you know, or did you have like a pretty good, you know, feel for the event and it worked out as expected? I'm in a lot of different little contests, one and dones. You know, I'm on the first cup podcast, our big, you know, CBS podcast. My bracket was so bad that I didn't even have the heart to even put out one of those exploding emojis that everybody put on, on social media. I didn't even feel like mine exploded. It never even got out of the gate. It, when you have Bryson, DJ, JT, Rory, um, I'm missing a couple other big names, not even make it out of group play. That's a sad state of affairs. And if you had Victor Perez, Scotty Scheffler, Billy Horschel, and Matt Kuchar as your final four, you're smoking a lot of other stuff that we don't want to know anyway. So the one thing, did you see anybody bragging about their brackets online? Nobody. Because best believe, if I had those final four, I'd have been barking to the world because I would have won DraftKings. I would have won everything that I was in, and I didn't win nothing. Not a damn thing last week. So I love it, though. But don't you also love people on social media that they love it on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? My partner on our show, Cash Out with the Coaches, uh, sponsored by Sports Pub Media, uh, Travis Fulton, one of the great coaches in America. First three days, it was the greatest thing in the world. Saturday, oh, I'm bored. Sunday, oh, it's too much time between shots. You can't have it both ways. You either right. love the event or you don't love the event. I love it. One, one time a year, I love it. Um, and that's why you see, I think you see certain players play well, like a Kisner or a Kucher or a whoever, because they, they really embrace the, the motto of motto, and they don't have to worry about shooting a 66 four days in a row to win a tournament. Yeah, I think that's a great point. What did you make of the whole uh, Dustin Johnson, Kevin Na thing? I don't know if you saw – the whole controversy between the oh, two of them. Of course, about, of course. With, with, the, with the gimme putt that wasn't a gimme, apparently. I can, I can promise you that nobody watches more golf than I do. I mean, it, it's, it, it's insanity. It's, I watch way too much, and I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, but I fall on both sides of the fence. Um, I felt like he could have talked to him as they walked to the next tee box so it wasn't on TV and wasn't yeah, – because these guys are smart. Kevin not knew that right. there was a camera on them. But at the same yeah. time, my, get, my gut is, guys, that – and I did the bracket reveal show, so I had all the rules in front of me. I did all the interviews last year, last week for the PGA Tour, so I was there. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you this: that you have to hear the guys say, "Pick up, you're good," whatever they say. And my gut is that there was a couple other times previous to that that either it didn't happen in their match, or somebody said something to Kevin says, "Listen, make sure you say something or watch it, because what happens if we get to hole 14?" Hole 15, and now we got a three-and-a-half-footer, and DJ just scoops it up. Well, now that's a problem. That's a problem. So all Kevin Na, in my opinion, was trying to do is say, listen, I'm going to give it to you anyway, but you do have to wait until you hear me say it's good. And that was valid. So he was in the right, but just do it so the cameras aren't. And, and to put his hand on his back like he was talking yeah. to a six-year-old, come on, mm -hmm. come on. 
That's that's how Jason talks to his little boy, you know. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly what I was about to say. Actually, it seemed like it almost looked like a dad talking to his kid. Like, yes. you know, you you know, you messed up here. This isn't what you're supposed to do. I was going to give it to you anyway, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I see his point, like you said, but I just kind of felt that the way he did it, it kind of looked like it was for show a little bit, which I wasn't a big fan of. It was completely for show. And also, Jason, understand this: that if I'm DJ. There are so many different things I could say to drop the mic and rock away. I'd be like, listen, when you get to four tour wins, come back and talk to me. When you get to multiple majors, come back and talk to me. When you're number one in the world, come back and talk to me. There could have been so many things he could have said. The fact that he just walked away was boss by DJ. Just boss by DJ. Hey, hey, little boy. just go. Uh, But, of course, DJ didn't move on either, so he didn't have a whole lot to talk about after that. Well, so so he had there's that. Then you had the announcers on. I believe it was the 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 later part of the broadcast calling out Billy Horschel for conceding putts. You know, way too early. You know, on holes that there was that that what that yeah. really long putt that he conceded. Yeah, so, yeah 30, you know, 32 well, feet or whatever it was. I mean, yeah, it worked out. He won the event, but still, I mean, there was that. Come too. on, come on. And and the thing about that was, if that would have been, I don't know, Thursday, a lot was made about match play. Uh, not etiquette, but match play and 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 strategy and what you have to do. And sometimes uh, early in a match, if either you're going to lose the hole or a guy has a for sure two putt, sometimes you'll give it to him so they don't get the feel of that long putt for later in the round. But this was Sunday. This was the last day. Scheffler <laughs> had already played six rounds. There was no psyching him out from 35 feet. He knew the speed of the greens. He knew what was going on. I thought that was just dumb, just completely dumb. But he did end up winning. But what would have happened, guys, if he would have been one down or lost by two? That would have been a $700,000 mistake, potentially. Yeah. When you put it like that, that that kind of yeah. – Right? a lot right, right? Like the money. Yeah. 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 What do you make, kind of going off the match play into this week a little bit, what do you make about the guys like Kucher and the guys like Scheffler, like you mentioned, that did play six or seven rounds last week? Do you do you fade them this week because you're scared that they're a little bit fatigued? Or do you think that, you know, especially Scheffler is a younger guy, do you think he'll still be ready to go this week? Great question. And we literally taped our uh, preview on the first cut earlier today for CBS. And kind of where I fall on that, because one of my picks was Scheffler uh, over – I can't even remember who it is. It's over somebody. Uh, but to me, I always factor in feels and not just um, – what's the best way to put it? Not just the numbers because we all have the numbers. We all can handicap for the most part. But sometimes you got to factor in a feel when it comes to head-to-head because I, I believe this, guys. If you're really going to make money at gambling on golf, you can throw all the top 20s in the world. You can top all the top 10s in the world you want. But if you truly want to make money, you got to embrace the grind you got to go head-to-head matchups, and that's what you have to do throughout the year because you will go broke if you bet a lot of winners. You'll go broke. You just you can't do it. It's not sustainable. And to be honest, top 10s are not sustainable. Top 20s are barely sustainable. So for me, I love head-to-heads, and that's where I put most of my money. So for me, I have Scheffler winning because he told me that when he plays in Texas, he's extra motivated. He's got the friends and the family and the wife are all out there. We saw what he did at the match play. What makes me believe that he doesn't have enough energy to double down at the Valero Texas Open? I'm going to bet that he does because of the motivation. Now, a professional gambler would tell you, Coach, you're an idiot. 
then I would tell them, well, I'll match my record up against yours, and I actually call this stuff too. I call PGA Tour events. So I see all of these guys. I see all of these shots, and emotion factors in. How a player looks factors in. At least it does for me. And right now, I'm willing to bet the Scheffler can dig it out one more year or one more week and do it. Now, Kuchar, this is like his Super Bowl, guys. For some reason, yeah. these are the two weeks a year that he plays great. So I'm still on him to play well this week because every other week he's been horrible, just horrible. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then we know how much it, it matters to Spieth. But the whole context of Spieth, is he back? Is his game back? To me, we, we have to stop with that. When you have five, six, seven tournaments in a row – and you're showing up on the leaderboard every single week, then you're no longer not back. Now it's when is he going to win? And I right. think Spieth could win this week. I really believe that he'll be there on Sunday. Before we start like talking about the rest of that event, the rest of the Valero Texas Open, so you say obviously feel is big for you and all. Yep. I mean, just like you said, you know, there's every stat in the book out there, and you like the head-to-heads. We've touched on that topic so much on this show. The other bets, the other fantasy lineups – you know, we've made more money live betting the event, you know, than, you know, the outright winners. I've won way more money in daily fantasy doing the Saturday round only or the Sunday round only because you can get a little bit better of a feel for it. Mm-hmm. But are, are there any other strategies outside of feel? Like what's, what's your number one and two things you look at when you go into an event, when you broke down for today's show? Like what were the top things you looked at when you looked at the field? So I look at, First of all, I look at the I look at the course and I look at what kind of player plays well on this course. A lot of guys will just go back and look at the leaderboard from the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's lazy to me. Okay. Because there's a lot of new guys that are on mm-hmm. the tour this year, like a Will Zalatoris, for instance, who doesn't have any history at this particular event. So to me, with so many new guys coming up and, and having not played here, and now that the Masters is next week, you're going to have it's, – it's just different guys. So for me, it's, it's what kind of a course does this call for? And when you're playing in the wind, it calls for good iron play, controlling your trajectory. And, guys, that's why I'm heavy on the Europeans. Because when you look at the Florida swing, what guys play well there? Europeans. Why? Because in Europe, there is wind on every single course. Why? Because there's no trees on any of these courses. Just like where? At the Valero Texas Open. So it's all about, right? So everything can come together if you just put it together. And again, it's very, very difficult. But the other thing I never do, ever, is give out round one picks. You have no idea how somebody is going to react on Thursday at all. So I love to wait. I'll give out tournament picks. But then I'll wait until Friday to do my round-by-round picks. And I love Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I've been way better at Friday, Saturday, Sunday than I have been at tournament picks prior to the tournament. But it's just because you can watch how a guy plays, you look at the numbers, and for me, it's 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 usually pretty pretty easy over the weekend. I mean, I think we've picked, what, like six or seven of the outright winners in the last, like, we've been doing the show only for like nine weeks, ten weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we've yeah. pretty much picked almost every week, but almost every one of those picks were made after Thursday's round. There because you, you definitely get a better feel after watch, you say you watch a lot. I've got, I've, I have a restaurant and it literally is on from the start of as, as soon as there's live coverage that I can hook uh-huh. up to my TV till the end of the round, it's on my TV at my restaurant. Amazing. Every single, 
Thursday, Friday. So, you know, when I heard you this year for the first time on PGA Tour Live, I was like, I know that voice. And I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I knew it right away. Well, this, this is my third year, fourth year doing it. And I'll do seven events this year, I think. But this is what's going to blow your mind. And it hasn't really been talked about yet. And it's not really out there yet. But you're going to have a really hard time January of this coming year when the new deals go into effect for the PGA Tour. Because I don't even know how you're going to run your restaurant. Because right now there's like one feed for PGA Tour Live. There's going to be like four feeds for PGA Tour Live starting next year. There's a huge new TV contract, like $750 million. It's going to be on Golf Channel. It's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. It'll be all over the place. You're going to be able to see as many featured groups as possible. I'm still really pushing hard for a gambling-only feed. Um, haven't got the go-ahead yet, but I'm hoping. Because uh, if that happens, you best believe I'm going to be the face of that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, But it's, it's a little hard. It was hard to get in to the PGA Tour. And I'll, I'll tell you a little story. This is this is on my kids. This is how it happened. I was so frustrated when I was at ESPN with I was kind of like the B player. I you know I could do first take. I could fill in for Stephen A. But can't have your own show, Coach. And then when I finally did, well, then we see the president of ESPN has a little issue with some illegal substances. So that kind of went by the wayside when his career went by the wayside. So uh, I knew I wanted to do the PGA Tour. So when I was leaving and, I, and my contract was coming up, I said I can't stay here anymore. I sent a letter to the PGA Tour and listed 10 things that I think they should fix and 10 things that I would do differently. A full year later, I get a note from somebody at the PGA Tour. Hey, Coach, this just came across my desk. We would love to talk to you. We think your ideas are pretty good. Awesome. 12 <laughs> months later, and that's how my relationship started. I went to Torrey Pines for an event, walked inside the ropes with Tiger, Dustin, and Jason Day. And after that, they hired me, and slowly but surely, we are uh, increasing our foothold in the golf community. My ultimate goal is to be on Nance's crew on the CBS network. Uh, and now that I'm at CBS, we're one step closer to that. But I've got big plans, big dreams uh, of being at the top of this game for the next 20 years. I mean, there's no doubt that that's going to happen for sure. Well, I don't that's know about awesome. that. It's a little, it's a little easier said <laughs> than done. No, but no doubt. It's got to have that positive done. attitude you know, oh. that you always have. Sure, of course, yeah. of course. You're probably thinking after a year of not hearing back from them, you're like, ah, it just yeah. got you know, rolled up and thrown out, you know? I tell kids all the time, I love speaking to colleges and high schools and students in that matter, and I tell them all the time, if you don't put yourself in the path of success, it's never going to run over you. You're going to be standing. It's, gonna, it's like you're at a, at a, a small-town parade, and you're on the sidelines. You're watching everybody else in the parade. And I would rather have a car in the parade, to be honest with you. And I want to play. I want to be in the game. I don't want to sit on the bench. But in order to do that, you have got to put yourself out there. And it's not always going to end in a positive fashion. The PGA Tour could have thrown my email away. And yeah. somebody did, but they just kind of passed it around. And then they called me, you know, and you also never know, guys, when somebody's going to move into a position that likes you. Because I'm, I'm in a career where it's so subjective that one person may love your style and the next person may hate your style. And they could work at the same place. And so you can't take... Uh, rejection to heart. You just got to keep going. If you believe in your skills and you believe uh, the talent that you have, and I certainly, there, there's nobody that believes in me more than me. But when you're at the highest level, like I've been for a long time, it's a very, very, it's like a pyramid. You know, there's very few opportunities the higher you go up. And so you have to understand that. So if you get a no, it's okay because it's here and there's not very much room at the top. And I've been lucky to be at the top for a long time, but in the world of golf, I'm just getting started. And so I feel like I'm a newbie, but 
I get a lot of respect from the former PGA Tour players that I that I work with because I help them with their broadcasting and they help me with my golf knowledge. So it's a it, it's a it's a nice marriage. That's awesome. You know, I kind of wanted to touch on you. You brought up that you're on the First Cut podcast. I absolutely love that network in general, Rick Gaiman and, and you and all the guys and everything like that. Thank you. I like it because there's different perspectives. It's not all just the same kind of guy. Like you'll see a lot of these shows where it's like. There's two guys that are the same exact kind of guy, the same personality, the same jokes, everything like that. I like yeah. that crew because they bring so much different perspective into it. You know, with Sia and Greg and, and Rick and everybody and you, it's just like, it's it's refreshing almost. And it seems like you guys seem like everyday guys just talking about golf, which I really love. And it, it helps me relate to it because I'm trying to learn. And, you know, some yeah. of the stuff, it's it's it takes a little while to learn. But like the way you guys break it down and, and the content is just excellent over there. I really like it. Thank you very much. It's um, when I came to CBS, that was one of the things because the, the podcast network is so big there. And I, I was asked to do probably a hundred different podcasts in the last couple of years. And I always said, I'm not going to do a podcast until it, until it makes sense. I'm not going to do a podcast until I get paid for it. Uh, I'm not going to do a podcast until I'm with a big network that is really putting money and energy behind it and understanding that the future is podcasting and the future, um, uh, is what we're doing at CBS. So whether it's my early edge and we're 10 to 12 minutes or the first cut, which is longer form, uh, I appreciate you saying that about the guys because uh, we've got the what we call the OG in Mark Immelman, who is on Nance's crew. And so I talk to him all the time about, you know, it was funny, I said to him the other day, I said, do you guys ever talk about golf betting in your production meetings with Nance and all the guys? And he's like, coach, uh, the golf betting <laughs> is for the young cats. And you can take that over to the digital stream at CBS, but not on the network show. And I just laugh and laugh because that's just Mark. That's just who he is. That's how he talks. He's just a cool dude. And then you've got Greg who worked for Titleist, and he's like the, the hardcore golf guy. And then you got Kyle who is the writer and knows all the stats and he knows everything. And I just kind of shoot from the hip. And I think I was kind of a nice voice that they needed to add to the show. And then Rick is the host, and he, he's a great host because he's so smart, and he knows everything about golf from an analytical standpoint, from a player standpoint. I wish you guys could be privy to the text threads that we have because we have a blast. Just everybody texting, you know, it could be something funny. It could be something about the show, whatever it is. But we text literally seven days a week, and I never thought with all the big names that I've worked with in my career, this is probably the most fun I've ever had. And who would have thought it had been with these four guys? Uh, and, and our producer's great, too, Jacob. Uh, but I'm having more fun right now than I had in the WWE or I had at ESPN. And that's, that's just as honest as I can be. All right, so we're going to start. We're going we're, we're gonna, to we're gonna pound out. Each going to drop a couple names for this week for the Valero yeah. Open. Some positive, some negative. Thoughts this week on these golfers. And we'll, <laughs> then we'll talk about the Masters. Jason, so who's the first golfer you would like his opinion on this week? Well, you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, I want your opinion on Jordan Spieth and also kind of Tony Finau. Is Tony Finau going to go a little bit overlooked with Spieth being, you know, right in that same price range? One of the big uh, bets we had on first cut uh, picks that we had, popular picks, was Jordan over Finau and Scheffler as a three-way. At William Hill, everybody plays with a different book. We know that. Uh, the dirty little secret is uh, everybody plays with an offshore book. Oh, how else are you supposed to bet if you don't live in the eight states that have legal betting? So I don't understand why we can't talk about that, right? But yeah, right. when you're at the network level like we are, you have a partner, and you have to pick things off that partner's website. So we, we are partners with William Hill. So I actually like the bet 
because you can take Jordan Spieth from a negative in a head-up over Tony Finau, and you can turn it into a positive at, like, plus 163, let's say, uh, because you're adding in Scheffler. And to me, when you're betting on a three-way, the only time to do it is if the odds are really high on the guy you want, and then you see somebody else that's not playing well, and you throw them in, and that just brings the, the odds automatically down. So Finau right now, yes, he's been a top-10 machine, but if you really look at what he's done the last couple of weeks with the Florida swing, and he didn't play well at the match play either, to me, I'm fading him all day. The run is not sustainable for what he's been doing. He's a top-10 machine. But right now, Spieth has his game going, and he is a top-20 machine. Now, all he needs to do is finish one more day. He's played three good days out of four every single week. He should have beat Kuchar at the match play. We know that. The 16th hole, he made a mistake. It cost him the match. So, for me, I love Speed this week. I'm bullish on him to win. I hate laying anything less than plus 2,000 on a winner, so I wouldn't touch him on the winning, but I love Jordan Spieth in any head-to-heads, certainly over Tony Finau. Yeah, fifth-place Finau, right? That's, a, that, like, yes. that's what I call yes. him. I call him fifth-place Finau. Yeah. I play him, depending on the price, almost every week in daily fantasy and almost every single round, but I've never bet him on anything because – you're guaranteed. He even cost me. I had Max Homa to win the event when he won the event, but then uh-huh. when it got into the playoffs and, and Max Homa <laughs> hit the tree with his first shot on the on the first playoff hole. No, you didn't. No, I, you I didn't. My bet out. So no, like, you did win. And of course, so I got. I still got about. I, I forget what I got. I, I got about three quarters of my money still out of it. But I was like, that's why Tony Fino will never get bet by me ever, ever. So some people, Phil, will argue. That in life, if you stack as much cash as Tony Finau has stacked the last three years, how could you not be the happiest camper in the world? <laughs> right, yeah. but, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's made millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. But the other side of that is he's one of the very few that has had the talent to make it to the PGA Tour. The last thing that he wants is to have his legacy be, oh, he's the guy that couldn't win on the PGA Tour <laughs> But he sure finished top 10 a hell of a lot of times. What kind of a legacy is that? So it kind of drives me nuts when I talk about Tony Finau because he's cost me a lot of money because I always pick him on the wrong day. Like, I'll pick him, you know, I'll fade him on a Friday, and he shoots a 64. Then I pick him on a Saturday, he shoots a 72. But somehow he figures out how to finish T8. It drives me bananas. I wish, and I said this about Ricky Fowler last week, show me some fire. Show me that you want it. Show me that it matters to you. When Ricky got asked about not being in the Masters, and most people don't realize he's not in the Masters yeah. yet. He would I was have just to win tell you to touch on him anyway. Since, yeah, yeah. You know. But he, he he answered the question as if he was going to Sunday brunch. Eh, if I eat brunch, cool. If I don't eat brunch, cool. And I'm like, we're talking about the best tournament in the world. And you don't care? Or you don't show me that you care? And I have a problem with, with with tour players that are like that. And I've been very vocal with my bosses at the tour. And I was like, listen, let me run a class. Let me go in front of all the players and say, listen, for all of you who complain about not having endorsement dollars, you don't have a deal for your equipment, you don't have a deal for your shirt, you don't have a deal for your hats, shut it. Because until you understand that you have to be entertaining and good, these companies don't want to touch you. Because you're not bringing them any value. It's not a one-way street because you're a pro. You're going to get paid a million dollars to play Titleist. you got to bring something to the table. you got to make sure that people want to watch you play Titleist. And a lot of these guys, like a Patrick Cantlay, can't do it. It's not in their DNA. It's not who they are. So I don't want to hear you complain. I really, really don't. 
I don't know how I got there from there, but I apologize. <laughs> you know what's funny too, kind of, kind of to, to touch on that point. The same thing with the fire is that Jordan Speed gets a lot of crap for you know kind of whining and in you know being the golden child and whatever and whatever they say. But it's like some of my favorite moments watching the tournament each week is him and Michael going back and forth with you know should I do this, should I do that, with him being you know kind of vocal and, and getting upset with himself. It's like that's entertaining to me. That's what I want to see, and it's like people will you know kind of are down on him a little bit sometimes because of the way he acts from time to time. But I feel like he's good for the game. When, when Jordan speaks in contention, I feel like it's good for the PGA tour. Bro. It's not good for the PGA tour. It's great for the That's PGA great. tour. This dude is my one B tiger woods is my one a mm -hmm. and anybody that complains about Jordan speed. First of all, I'm not hearing it. I'm not hearing it because I don't care if it's the Valero Texas open or the masters or the Ryder cup. You know that from shot one to this last shot on Sunday, Jordan Spieth is engaged. He is in it. He wants it. And he's a talker. Now, I actually, I pitched a commercial line and where I would be the coach. And I'd be in my office. And certain players would come in. And it, it would be basically a bunch of commercials to help promote these players as individuals. Okay? So, for instance, Jordan Spieth, he would be sitting there and he'd be like, Coach, I just need your help. Coach me up. And I'd be like, listen, you know, I think we need to dial back the talking to the golf ball. Then you cut to something where we're doing an exercise where he's not allowed to talk and to the golf ball. And with Jason Day, where he's playing faster, because remember, he, he was very famous for saying, I'm playing for a million dollars every week. I'll play as slow as I, I want to play. And nobody's going to tell me any different. So Speed to me, is one of those guys that can be in the commercials. He's one of those guys that for three and a half years, we've had to watch him struggle on Front Street because he's still been in the PGA Tour Live uh, mm -hmm. featured groups. It's been hard for him, and he's been very vocal about it. But if I'm a player, and he has a not a negative uh, reputation on the tour, but he has a reputation for being a somewhat of a prima donna in that the tour caters to him a lot. The tour wants to make sure that he's happy. But why wouldn't they? He's a cash cow. He always was a cash cow. Again, I would tell those players, why are you complaining about the treatment he gets when he puts butts in the seats, he sells tickets, and he has, he has been the author of some of the great moments in golf history. I was there, guys. I lived 20 minutes from the Travelers, and I went every year. I was there when he rolled out from the bunker, and it was as loud, and the ground was shaking. You tell me how many other golfers would get that same response in that situation. Would it have been loud? Yes. But, <laughs> I, I, right? I got it. So you say how great he is for the game, and we're, we're so totally getting sidetracked here, but we've talked on this show a dozen times. Well, we've only had like nine or ten episodes. So <laughs> almost every episode of this show is about, about how great Bryson DeChambeau is for the, for the game. People want to see him, whether you like him or not as a person and, and, and the style of his playing. But then you go and – I mean, I was watching uh, one of the pre- or post-game shows on uh, – on golf channel and they're talking about the analysts are talking about how they should change the rules and this and that this guy, do you see when he, when he was dry, trying to drive the green on the par five, the crowd and the energy that was coming from just a small crowd because of, you know, restrictions. I mean, this guy sells tickets and I think it's great for the game. And he's become my number one guy now to root for because he makes me want to watch the game. Phil, a couple of things. First of all, stop watching golf channel, please.
and the recaps <laughs> because Brandel drives That's how much bananas. golf I watch. I even watch. But you got to stop watching guys that are stuck in 1985. True. This True. is a progressive sport. And I think Brandel Chambliss knows a lot about golf. I don't think he knows a lot about golf in 2021. I don't think he understands what is entertaining in this sport. And we've never been in a more more uh, important time to take the game to another level for everybody, right? But Brandel is stuck trying to dissect it. So the hardcore fan, I try to come from, make it as simple as possible. Dumb it down so everybody can understand. And you don't have to break down the swing and the stats and all that to show me that Bryson DeChambeau is great for the game. I mean, right now they're making posters and memes of him doing this on the sixth tee box at Bay Hill when he drove the green and he went for it. And I said that week, I said, the only thing that's going to make this better is if he does it and he's in contention. Oh, was he ever in contention? He won the damn tournament and he did it twice on the weekend. That to me is putting your stamp on the uh, entertainment value, because he understands he thrives off of it. Most athletes can't. Most athletes won't. Most athletes don't want that attention on them. Bryson is, is made differently. He's a different cat. And he, he has made it so other players, we heard what Roy said, quietly are trying to find more distance, quietly are trying to match up. And what are they doing? They're throwing out their own games. So he's affecting other guys by the way he plays. And I love the fact that once in a while he yells at a cameraman. I don't care if it's at the 3M. I don't care if it's in Detroit. I don't care. He's in it. And every time he tees it up, he wants to win in the worst way. I don't like athletes or golfers that are too cool for school. That just because it might be the Valero Texas Open, that it's any less important than the Masters as far as how they act. And that's all I want. And Bryson, every single week, boys, he's in it, and I'm here for it. You know, we, we had talked about other topics. So you say golfers that are too cool and, you know, they don't take the smaller events seriously. You've seen a lot of late withdrawals from a lot of golfers. You know, Dustin, you know, DJ this yep. week has pulled out. You know, is it is it becoming like the NBA with load managements? And is, is, um, is that good for the game when you've got a smaller wow. event but you have somebody as big as Dustin withdrawing at the last second from it? Well, that was that was a little that withdrawal was a little sketchy because he didn't even enter the tournament till late Friday. Right, right. So he wasn't even in. So I think it was an emotional entry, to be honest. And I think after the weekend, he was like, "Wait a second, what am I doing? I'm the defending Masters champ. I can just go to Augusta, get some practice in, and be really locked and loaded to defend his title." So I'm okay with that one. I'm okay with that one because he is the defending champ at Augusta now. Okay. I've always had a problem with, with Brooks because Brooks is the ultimate too cool for school guy. And then all of a sudden, this, he realizes, I think he finally had an aha moment, and he's in a golf cart with a smoking hot girlfriend, and she's in a bikini. Don't think that wasn't planned. And then he's telling all of us, I'm just messing with you guys. I love to mess with you guys. All of this is for show. Then why don't you go out and win one of these smaller tournaments? How come you have to wait until a WGC or a major for you to step up and be counted? Tiger Woods has how many wins? 82, right? Yeah. And he yeah. only has, what, 15 majors? I'm not a math major, guys, but that tells me 67 other times he showed up ready to win. Brooks, you haven't even showed up one time until waste management at a regular event. I have an issue with that. If I'm going to be a fan of yours, 
then you got to give back to me what I'm giving to you. And also, he's the single solitary reason that DJ is dominating like he is right now because he called him out the PGA Championship like an idiot. Why would you call out DJ and say, well, uh, I think when we look at how he has finished golf tournaments, he doesn't, and I do. Why would you ever say that? Why? And now DJ has a Masters because of it, and I think it lit a fire underneath him, and that to me is a problem. Brooks needs to focus on himself. By the way, he will not be at the Masters. And other guys need to focus on themselves and stop motivating others and get with it. Just get with it. Oh, I mean, so, you know, I was just going to say, you're bringing up the Masters. You know, we've got a few more minutes of your time here tonight. Yeah. You know, we've had a few people pop up with questions here. They want to know your opinion on the Masters this year. What, what, what do you think is going to happen? Does DJ stand a chance at defending his crown? It's great that we've got, you know, two Masters in what, like five months. It's, it's kind of exciting. I haven't even put – I still got my Masters jacket sitting here waiting for next week's show. <laughs> I didn't even have time to put it away. Sitting right there ready for next week's show. I, I, I don't know if it was 2014, and uh, the guy was in charge of golf at ESPN walked into the newsroom, and he says, Coach, would you like to go to the Masters? I thought he was messing with me. I, I, said, I said, there are jokes, and then there's places you don't go to. And you don't <laughs> yeah. tease me about going to the Masters. But he was serious. And so I got to go for three years. And I got to call the digital highlights. And I'm telling you, it was the highlight of my career. And there is not a better golf tournament. There is not a better sporting event. Uh, most people never have the ability to go to one because it's so hard to get in. And when you're going on a tournament day, to get one of those passes is damn near impossible. Um, everything about it is awesome. You can only buy th- I think this is the first year that they're actually selling merchandise online. Before, you had to be at the event to buy real merchandise. That's how exclusive it was. So I love it. And I also tell people all the time, you have no idea how big Augusta is. And the first time I walked it, I was like, holy cow. Because I'm good friends with Joe LaCava, Tiger's caddy. We lived 15 minutes apart, became really good friends, played a lot of golf together. One of the all-time good dudes. And right before I went the first time, he told me, he says, Coach, you're going you're gonna to be really surprised at how hilly it is. And he told me, I said, you're never going to see an overweight golfer winning the Masters moving forward. The closest we've ever seen is Angel Cabrera at being a a not-in-shape golfer. I didn't understand what he was telling me until I got there the first time. It is so big, guys. It is so hilly. You've got to be in shape. You've got to be in shape for four days. It's why, and I want you guys to pay attention to this this year. It's why so many times you'll see somebody race out to a really good first day. And then what tends to happen? They regress. They come back for a lot of reasons. A, they don't Charlie know Hoffman, the course very well. There you go. And you just they're just not in the kind of shape it takes to win. And when your leg goes and you're you're hitting from a side hill lie, and by the way, the eighth hole, the par five, is almost directly uphill. On TV, it doesn't look like that at all. People don't know that the eighth hole is uphill, but it is. And so I'm looking at guys that know the course, been there a long time. Only Spieth, in recent memory, had any success in his first couple of appearances. So I think Spieth is locked and loaded. But if DJ plays the way that DJ played in November, there's nobody that can touch him because this truly is a par 68 for him because of cutting the corners, because of the different par fives and how they're basically a driver five and six iron for him. So if he's starting at 16 under par, that's pretty daunting if you're another player and you're thinking to yourself, damn, I got to get to 16 under to have a chance? DJ might not get to 16-under, but you guys understand what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So I think DJ is clearly the favorite. 
And he won overseas when he, he didn't even have his D game. That's how good he is right now. Uh, I think Spieth, I'm very bullish on Spieth. I think JT, uh, I think the course is great for JT because his iron play is just so damn good. I think Colin Morikawa, who right now is still at over plus 3,000, I think people should put a little bit of money on him because he is starting to figure out how to play these really big tournaments. Um, and those are kind of the – I feel bad for Rory because I don't think Rory's ever going to win the Masters. I really, really don't. Um, I feel like he screwed up his swing so badly that it's going to take him a long time to get back to where he was, and he admitted why. And I don't understand. He was already long as it was. Why would you need to change anything? But we saw Ricky do it. We're watching Rory do it, and these guys just do it. And I, I don't quite get it, but I understand sometimes you get bored, and you're like, I want more, I want more, I want more. And, and you, tend to, you have a tendency to change things, and then you really regress, which is a problem. What are your thoughts on Bryson at Augusta? I said I thought he was going to win last year. Uh, I think the Ryder Cup's made for him. I think match play's made for him. I think that he has figured out. People don't realize how good of a wedge player he has become. And the reason he won the U.S. Open was because he he hits it so well out of the rough that it didn't bother him. So hitting it all the way down the rough didn't bother him. Now at Augusta, there really is no rough. There's no long rough. So he has to figure out. How do I hit it to certain places so I have even lies? Because I think he really struggled with that. He also struggled with the green complexes because they're so hilly. And in person, you can't believe just how big they are. I just I can't get past guys. Just in, I'm thinking back now. And the first time I walked onto that course, I was like, how do you shoot a 65 here? How does a human being shoot a 65 on this golf course? I mean, it is humongous. But Bryson, to me, is just like DJ. If he's dialed in. He's such a good putter, too. People don't give him enough credit for that, that he will win multiple, in my opinion, multiple Masters in his careers. That's how much I think his game matches up well with Augusta National. Yeah, I love it. Hey, again, Coach, we, we, we greatly, greatly appreciate your time tonight. This has been fantastic to get, like I said in the intro, you're, you're the best. And, and your show wow. and all the different podcasts you guys do and all the different – so, uh, we're, we're honored to have you on our show tonight. We, we, we really well, greatly appreciate it. Well, it's very kind of you. And, and like I said, and hopefully people at home understand that uh, when they watch shows now, I don't care how big somebody is or how much they've done, at their core, we're all just sports fans. And so I'm honored that you asked me to come on. I truly am. I love doing this more than you guys could know. Uh, I love talking about golf and sports. It's, it's, it's what I live for. So Thank you for having me. It means the world. And uh, anytime you need me back, uh, just give me a shout. We appreciate it. Again, follow Jonathan Thank Coach you, on Twitter, Instagram, at the Coach Rules. Everything he does. Thanks a lot, Coach. Yes. Thank you. You guys be appreciate good. It. Good luck with the show. All right. Thank you very Thank much. You. you got it. All right. There he goes. The man hey, that, right that, there. That was awesome having him on the show there. It was fantastic. I mean, yeah. Any thoughts? I just think it's so cool. Like some of the stuff that he said, it's like you don't get that perspective of Augusta or courses like that until you're there. So for him to say the thing about, you know, have you ever seen an overweight golfer? Have you ever seen a first timer at Augusta win? It's like I don't necessarily think of those things, but like him, he just drops the knowledge and I, I like it. He's such a humble, good guy for as being as, you know, big as he is. So I, I don't know. I, I was pretty much in awe. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was great. It was great to have him on. And, yeah, I mean, 
I, I love that he threw Morikawa as a first-time potential winner because I do yeah. actually, you know, when we get to next week when we're doing our, you know, our Masters full show, which is actually like an anniversary, even though it's not a full year, our first ever golf show that we did was the Masters yeah. show back in November. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of right. like, it's, it's not a full year anniversary, but it's like an it's anniversary. full circle, though. It's full circle for us. I love it. I love it. So, I mean, for anybody still tuning in, again, make sure you're following the coach at the Coach Rules on all social media platforms. The, the dude gets it. He definitely does. Um, so real quick, I mean, show's at 47 minutes old. We're going to do a quick, uh, our normal, typical, we're going to pick a lineup, DraftKings style. Um, we're going to do that real quick, um, wrap up the show with our picks, and then get on and get prepared for next week's Masters show. Um, so let's bring it up Love here. It. Jason, you're up first this week. I don't know if that's true or not, but but make your first pick <laughs> of this week's lineup. I am – Going to go with Corey Connors. Give me my first. I pick. knew you were going to do that. You're taking the easy way. Defending it is the easy way out. It's a defending champion, but I feel like he sets up perfect for this course. The dude's in good form, and I just feel like yeah. it's 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 a good play in cash and in GPPs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he not. I mean, he, he he's like one of the best ball strikers. You got to be a great ball striker on this course. So I, I love that. I mean, all he's got to do is get hot with his putter, and he might be the first defending champion to uh, to repeat this this week this year. So, so I love that. Um, for fantasy wise, I you know got to go a little cheaper now. So I'm going to go Sam Ryder. Love that guy that's tied eighth at the Honda, tied second at Putacana. Made a bunch of cuts lately. He's made the cut here multiple times. He's got three top tens. You know, at 7,400, I, I think he's a good value play there. So I'm going to go low too. Uh, sleeper play of the week: Bryce Garnett, seven thousand even. Who? I think Bryce. <laughs> I love Bryce Garnett. Uh, first off, I always play him when he's in the field. I don't know why. It's just one of those guys that I like. <clears throat> but he is – I think he's so far above everybody in the 6K range, and he's only 7,000. So, okay. love Bryce Garnett. Save right. some money too. Yeah, you're saving money, which is great. Um, so, that leaves us with you know quite a bit. Hold on one second here. I'm looking at my notes. My notes are all over the place because I was so focused on the, on the, uh, on the coach there. Um, mm. So, we're going to go another cheap, and that will leave us two – Higher end dollars to spend here. Another cheap guy that I love this week, Patton Kaziri. I know he's a guy that you're normally a pretty big fan of. Um, he, he missed the cut at the Honda, but before that, he made 12 straight cuts, um, including three top tens or better. Um, so I think he's a, a really solid play this week. And that leaves us almost 9,500 for our last two picks, which is a lot of great plays in that 9K range or even the, eight, the, the upper 8K range. All right, so I'm going to go with a little bit off the radar, but I just have a feeling about this guy this week, and I'm going to be playing him a lot in GPPs. Sam Burns, 8000 That leaves a lot of money on the table for So that me. leaves you with your choice of anyone you want. And 9 That leaves me literally the entire field almost here this week. Uh, the entire field except for fifth place Finau. Except, except Finau, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, oh, darn, I don't get to play Finau this week. What was the game? I mean, he was pretty bullish on uh, Jordan Spieth this week and next week. Um, what are the odds? I mean, I don't remember the stats, but uh, has anybody ever won this event and the Masters back-to-back -back weeks? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so either. I, mean, I know the last, I the, like last, the last five winners are Corey Connors, Andrew Landry, Kevin Chappell, Charlie Hoffman, and Jimmy Walker. So obviously none of those guys won a major or a Masters or a major. Um, so not them. I don't want to take Spieth out of the running next week by picking up. 
I like the speed pick, though, this week. I think yeah. kind of what Coach was talking about is that he's motivated to not only get ready for Augusta, but he hasn't won in three years. So he's not just going to play a tournament just at, you know, half acid. He's going to go all out. So I like speed a lot. All right. Well, he, he he's our pick there to, to round it out. So we've got Corey Connors, Sam Ryder, Garnett. It doesn't say his first name. I still don't even know who he is. Bryce. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. Uh, <laughs> Kadiri, Burns, and Spieth. I think that's a good lineup right there. Our lineup was feeling so good last week until until Friday hit, or yeah, and it, it just all crumbled and fell apart. I bombed yeah. last week. I picked actually. I had a lot of great bets for coming out. Sixteen groups last week. I bet nine of the groups, and I got seven of the nine groups I bet right. Problem is that all the other ones, all my other bets, didn't work out. So, very dude, I was feeling so. I was feeling so great last week. I had I think six bets for the week and all six were alive going into the sweet 16. So I was feeling great about myself after the elite eight. I had zero left. So I was not feeling so good about myself. Well, that, that's the way it works with fantasy and gambling. We just, we just don't always hit it. That's a great lineup. I like it. I, I love having Corey Connors and Jordan Spieth in it. You know, Sam Ryder, I, I think is a, is a stud this week. Um, so, so are you looking at anybody as winners this week? Um, do you have, I don't know. If, I haven't placed any bets yet. I wanted to wait till I heard from the coach before I placed right. any bet. You know what? I actually haven't placed any bets either. I have kind of struggled this week with who I wanted to bet on a little bit. I think I don't know if there's really like out, some out, outright winners that I really like. I do like Sam Burns. I, I might put a bet on him a little bit. Um, but I just kind of had a trouble. Usually, like you know, four or five will pop out to me, and nobody really popped out to me this week. So I like the idea of the head-to-heads, like mm-hmm. coach was saying. So I think I might start doing that a little bit too this week. Yeah, that's. I mean, we, we we've talked about that on this, this show before. I mean, I'll place one, maybe two outright winner bets, but I mean, there's so much more to fantasy and gambling golf than just the outright bets and the the, the daily fantasy lineups. This is a week when you know. I mean, I'm going to get my outright bets because I don't think in Maryland where I'm going to be for the next five days. There's no sports gambling there, so I'm kind of going to be SOL there. So I got to get all my bets in right now, tonight, or tomorrow morning before I leave. Um, yeah, that that that's it on that. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, names I was looking at betting wise. I mean, I actually uh, like Chris Kirk a little bit this week. He's a uh, forty-one to one, um, second in the field in uh, you know with in the last twenty-five rounds in tee to green. He's made six, seven cuts. He's in his last three times he's played here. He's got a T eight, T thirteen, and a T eight. So you know, Chris Kirk's a guy I like a lot. Um, and I, I like Brandon Steele. I wanted to ask him about Brandon Steele. We never got to it. The 2011 champ. Um, he's made a lot of cuts. Finished third at the Honda Classic. Been playing really well. And he's 41 to one. So I like the long shots this week. There's very few. I mean, maybe Jordan Spieth. He actually went from the favorite to second favorite to Tony Finau now. Um, may, maybe a bet on J- Jordan Spieth. But uh, outside of that, I don't think uh, the top guys, they're using this as a warm-up for next week, not as a – an event yeah. to really focus on grinding and exhausting every bit of energy to win. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a week to look at motivation guys that are not in the masters that want to qualify at the last minute too. That's another thing. And I just have a feeling it's going to be a longer shot that wins this week. So I'm not going to place any bets on shorter odds. I'm going to kind of go big this week, go big or go home. Can I just tell you a funny, a funny little uh, tidbit yeah. also I just realized. So I was so pumped about coach coming on this week that I didn't even share the shows out during our, you know, we paused for a minute and we shared the show out to everybody. I did not even share it out. I was so excited. So. Yeah, I didn't even get, I didn't get it on the Fairway to Heaven show. 
Our, 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 so we're our, our actual Twitter page for the show, Fairway, the number two, Kevin <laughs> underscore on Twitter. We put all our picks throughout the week and weekend on there. Make sure you're following it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even put it on there. I got, I, got, I, I retweeted it on my page and yeah. I put it on my Facebook page. I'm like, I got to be focused and ready to go for the coach. That's right. Yeah. What happens when you have, you know, when you become big time like us? You know, That's he's right. worried about That's big right. timers thinking they're too big. Now my head growing up because because we had the coach on here you went you went from me to the coach in eight weeks wow exactly dude you're fired you're out of here i'm gonna send him 10 things the pj tour should do better and hope in a year i get hired to be part of his that's network right. and everything that's right oh man oh, and, and I, I will say he's not on the show anymore he's not even in the green room watching anymore because he did stay in the green room for like a minute or two listening to what we we're saying. So it's a good thing we said all good things about him. I didn't mention the WWE one time, not once. He did, but I didn't mention it once. And That's it took right. Every ounce of energy not to mention that. So again, you know, again, this was a great show. I mean, this is our best show we've done so far. I, I, I loved it. It was great. So anything else to add before we wrap up and start prepping for next week's Masters show? No, it's exciting. It's going to be like, like you said, little tune-up this week and then the big dog tournament next week so i'm pumped for the masters yeah, I'm, I'm i'm super excited i can't wait for the masters show i can't wait for a couple days off you know going down to the beach even though it's gonna be 40 degrees at the beach when we get there a couple days off you know chill out drink a few beers and come back ready to go next week for the masters i can't wait it's gonna be great and so so no you don't have any final pick on who your outright winner is going to be this week outright pick, winner well, this week gotta pick see woo kim i'm going see woo kim we haven't even talked about him once. All right, all right. Yeah, no, not not him. I'm I'm either going Brent, Brendan Steele or Chris Kirk. That's it. Any thoughts on Ricky Fowler before we sign off? Does he does he make any kind of push? I I know we can't say he's going to win, but does he make a push? Because he, he needs to qualify. Yeah, he's broken. That, that's the thing that it, it's sad because I really like Ricky Fowler, and I forget who said it. I think it was somebody on the first cut podcast actually was saying it. They said. You know, I think Ricky. What is he like? Nine thousand or eight thousand or something. He's he's pretty highly priced this week. If he would, if he were one hundred on DraftKings, but he's yeah. seventy-five to one odds to win. So people think so, he DraftKings thinks he's going to play well, just not win. So I feel like if he was seven thousand, I would be like, yeah, it's worth a try. Eight thousand, no way. He's broken right now. I feel bad for him because I love the guy, but he's broken. He can't yeah, putt. He can't drive the ball right now. He's 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 all over the place. I was actually really surprised on the coach's comments on uh, Scotty Scheffler, Matt Kuchar, and all those guys that played the Final Four last weekend. That he, he especially Scotty Scheffler and, and Matt Kuchar, he's really high on them this week. I really thought, especially Matt Kuchar, at his age, that playing 36 holes, well, not exactly 36 holes on Saturday and Sunday, you would think that would take a toll. I mean, eight holes takes a toll on me, and I'm only 40. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I can't, I can't see myself. Uh, focusing in on them, but he had some really great points on, especially Scotty being a Texas boy. Yeah, that's a good point too. I, I was actually worried about Scotty withdrawing. I figured because yeah. he played so much and I thought he might withdraw, but yeah, I mean, if coach is in, I'm in, that's for sure. Yeah, so. Exactly. And, you know, that, that's why, <laughs> that's why you get the experts on shows like this. So you don't that's have to right. listen to the two of us talking all the time. So we're going to wrap this show up for the night here, everybody. Thank you all so much for tuning in. If you're watching on Facebook, make sure you click share Twitter, retweet, you know, Insta, if you're on uh, YouTube, subscribe and the thumbs up, comment in those sections there. We appreciate all that. Do us a favor. A new thing we got to make sure we focus on. If you're on Facebook and you're watching us, 
Make sure you go up to the notification section on All About the Birds and click notifications. Turn them on so that when we go live, you get notifications. You don't miss any of all the great shows on the All About the Birds network. You know, Obviously, we'll be back tomorrow night with the weekly report, the flagship show on the network. Um, got lots of great stuff happening over at the network right now. You know, If you're interested in joining the team, message one of the members of the team. We'll set you up whether you're writing, you want to be a part-time podcaster, you, know, you want to you know, create any kind of content, let us know, uh, and we'll set you up. And man, what a great show! We got we got a commercial. We got to pay the bills. We're gonna play it here at the end of the show. And on that, I'm done, and I'm ready to get out of here. Yeah. Good luck this week. Have a great everybody. Have a great weekend. Support for all about the birds is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. 20% off plus free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. Manscaped hooked us up with a bunch of tools and formulations from their Perfect Package 3.0 kit, including the Lawnmower 3.0, which comes with an LED light for a more precise shape and is waterproof to make your shower shave clean and easy. The Perfect Package also includes a deodorant for your undercarriage to prevent odors and chafing, a reviving lotion, a pair of boxers and a t-shirt, not to mention a travel bag to store all your grooming goodies. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code AATBIRDS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code AATBIRDS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you.